what's good party people welcome back to queer retrograde i am hobbs and i use they them pronouns and i'm Linz, and i use any pronouns and today we have a fucking fire interview for y'all like i'm so excited about this guest that we had we're about to talk some femme appreciation we're about to talk some self-growth we're gonna even tap into marriage marriage you heard it right people marriage so hobbs yo fems what's up what are the oh, in your life? who do you love i love oh, them all i love all the fems if <laughs> any variation any flavor any any represent i oh my god i cannot stress enough i honestly didn't realize it just now until you asked me like i love no i've always known i love films but it's so deep yeah it's one of it's like it's one of the most beautiful things on like this planet like truly like it's like ignoring the sun if yeah it's like ignoring the sun it's just oh it's it's god damn (laughs) i'm losing my words right now it just gets me so excited to think about like what it means to like be femme presenting intrinsically, explicitly, implicitly. And like, when I think about my own relationship with it, like, wow, like I turned that shit away. Cause everyone was like, we expect you to do this shit. And I was like, no, no. And now I'm finally like, you know, full circle a soft 26 being like, I know, I know I want to get back in there, but it's going to be a treat right. and it's not going to be for everyone. Cause you know, expectations and bullshit, but yeah, no, I love, Oh my god, I can't say it enough. I love films. How do you how do you feel about them? Is it is it like that? Oh hell yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. I feel like the last time I did a TikTok playlist on our Instagram, I posted one that was just like exactly how I feel, where this person was just sitting in their car just being like, I just I just femme people are just literally like wow. I could wow. start crying. <laughs> Like right now, just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So, so beautiful. Really? Who, who are your icons for femininity? Okay. So I would say for my like celeb folk, definitely going to be like Vanessa Hudgens up in this bitch. Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. Wait, the one from High School Musical? The one from High School Musical. Tell me more. <laughs> the fuck? Honestly, I watched a lot of Disney Channel growing up. Yeah. So like Vanessa Hudgens, like Hillary Duff, like these sorts of people that were like really femme. I was like, whoa, we talk about this in our interview with Lauren of like, I, I really just, I want to be you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really admire you looking back. I was in love with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I had yeah. huge crushes on them. Big old game. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. So, and I think like Vanessa Hudgens went through this whole thing where like some of her nude photos got like, uh, some of her nude photos got like released or leaked, leaked. Mm -hmm. And, um, she, I remember like, she would just like had no shame about it. She was just like, yeah, like I, I take nude photos like these were meant for this person Mm. um so it sucks that they're like in the public now but also like I'm not going to be ashamed for you know celebrating my body right now right and I was just like oh my god so definitely them and then of course everyone already knows I feel like I have a huge crush on Zoe Kravitz (laughs) so oh I mean yeah of course (laughs) Jesus Christ Zoe Kravitz I think is like 
definitely someone who I really appreciate the sort of gender bendiness and honestly Mm. just the the fluidity that she just like encompasses in general where like she sometimes comes off like super high femme and sometimes it's like super butch and then sometimes she's like date like she's like married to this I think like cis man but then like she's clearly dating like women also at the same time and I'm just like I wow oh yeah wow (laughs) wow what about you oh god meg the stallion is Mm -hmm. the stallion of my life yeah just that's the wild horse out there i'm just (laughs) i hope to one day see in person because the minute i do i'll probably faint like i don't feel like it's from a celebrity stance i just think it's from like just her like her whole being of them and then when she raps it's just it's cataclysmic my brain can't really function and it's it's so beautiful and awe-inspiring and amazing and wonderful I could go on all day let me stop but Meg the Stallion mm-hmm. and also like I was thinking about local people that I know mm-hmm. I feel like we have some wonderful femme people in our lives so totally. I would do a shout out to Christine totally. who was also on the podcast like my god perfect yes and then definitely like well I feel like yeah I'll I'll, I'll keep it there but yeah it's just everyone and even if it's not even like a full on identity marker for somebody I do feel as though any level of um embodiment of the feminine is just truly a wonderful thing and I encourage that for everyone when I see like little like like just like anything it could be like from nail polish to just like the way you say the word water I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know but I love it it's mm-hmm. every it's an energy for sure and like it's in the walk it's in the, it's, it's everything mm-hmm. so I cannot clearly say enough right <laughs> about that. yeah I have I have like one straight friend mm-hmm. who is like <laughs> so the one left the one the last one standing go on <laughs> um you know or you love her Sam oh yeah oh Sam and she's so she's so femme and I just I admire her so much because she's one of those people that like will wear will wear like the the sort of big like go-go heels or something like that Mm -hmm. and I'm just like oh my god you look so fucking good yeah like you can like I even love especially like, I think everyone like not everyone but I think it's quite common to like this but like when you've got like the hard femme energy with like the oversized button down mm-hmm. maybe I'm just thinking of risky business am I thinking about Tom Cruise again <laughs> but I'm into it so good mm-hmm. oh, fems we we love you we love you this is a femme so fan club up in this bitch yo I'm trying to get a patch <laughs> I'm trying to get matching jackets I yeah love well, you mentioned how you're sort of tapping back into your like femme energy. I sure am. Yeah, I have a plan. Oh? Yeah, I have a plan. Um, I guess it's fine to share because okay. only some people will ever see it. Okay, word. You know, um, I want to get a certain outfit mm-hmm. that will have cutouts, mm-hmm. et cetera, because I also have great boobs and like no one really knows that except for the people I get to touch them. So. <laughs> and (laughs) I want to get a cool shirt and I want to learn a dance routine like the what body party did for me Sierra's body party Mm -hmm. did for me I want to do for myself Mm. and so I'm going except better Mm -hmm. not to 
knock on Sierra, but like better in the way how I envision it, how I know I can turn myself on. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a dance routine to that. I might be incorporating pole. I might be incorporating floor. I might Mm -hmm. be incorporating water, Mm -hmm. you know, like from the heavens. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. I've just got this like loose idea in my mind and I love music videos and I've always wanted to make a really nice music video. And like, I've done some in the past, you know, with friends like by myself as well. And like, I enjoy the process. And now I'm like, this is going to be a long project of like me doing this thing and creating a music video that I get to rewatch over and over and over again. And it's me. (laughs) So one of my favorite songs. And that will be Hobbs reclaiming. And I don't know if it will come with a different name. Mm. Because maybe Hobbs is feminine, bitch. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I got to find that out. So that's my plan. hell yeah oh my god this is so exciting i'm so stoked for you this is a brilliant idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like let me know how i can support you in any way (laughs) well i think i asked you at one point i was like can you show me like a sexy dance routine you were like no i was like okay i'll I'll ask i think i'm gonna ask christine to help me out with that Mm because she does pole dancing lessons and all that too so i'm like right Let's get she the, can definitely uh, help you i bet yeah it, it'll be great for sure and at this point it really is about like not even just like gathering the resources it's like making sure that like the connections with who i can get these resources with is like safe enough mm-hmm. to actually do that with them right and acquire those things from them because exactly. it's gonna be a whole thing and not ever like i said my femininity feels very exclusive to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. my i keep wow her. mm-hmm reclaiming baby we love it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's gonna be a wig and everything mm-hmm. that's gorgeous yeah i love hair flips oh, so much fun so yeah fun. <laughs> how are you and your feminine side doing well <clears throat> i definitely because i did like competition dance all through my childhood up until i was 18 you know there was a lot of fem and femininity incorporated into that. And I definitely <laughs> like was always, I was always a more mask person. And mm. like, I remember my dance teachers being like, when you stand up, you look like a man, like you need to be more delicate. You need to be like more Forget gentle it. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, okay. And then once I was in college, I was on this like in this dance group and it was really great because there were choreographers that really like embraced like mask energy and I was dancing with a lot of like cis men at the time as well Mm. and so I finally felt like I could like yeah kind of like swing the complete opposite direction and just really be like in my mask self and like my roommate and friend always like laughs at all of my old dance videos from college of like you're just so aggressively masculine (laughs) like like, you can tell I've just been like oppressed or yeah (laughs) I'll let it out yeah so anyways so it's only, yeah, I guess. And then I've always been like, since then kind of being like, okay, I'm going to have this like one night or this like one outfit that like is like my femme, you know? And like, I've never been, I guess I've never felt, you know, nervous about bringing that out just because I, I know how people respond to it based off Mm -hmm. of like my whole experience growing up and stuff. Um, 
but then I definitely would say like the past few years, I, I haven't been tapping into my like fem my like femininity like as much but I recently started dating someone that I feel like that is like for sure something that has been really exciting where I'm like whoa like I feel my like feminine energy like really coming out when I'm around this person yeah and like it's like really fun for me because I I mean, I was really excited about our conversation with Lauren talking about like sort of the gender roles that get played in relationships and things like that, because I've been a person where, because I was so excited about my masculine side being really like, uh, accepted and celebrated that has come out in my relationships too, where I feel like I always take on more of like this sort of like masculine role like Mm. stereotypically like masculine role and so it's really exciting for me to be like oh like I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be like femme as fuck in this relationship potentially and like that's really exciting to me yeah (laughs) find one of those (laughs) Ooh, that sounds exciting and like safe and Mm -hmm. precious it's so true like that's what it is is like it has to be with a person that feel like that that is it feels really safe and like feels really like mm-hmm. the I I liked what you were saying too in our conversation about like the values and stuff because mm-hmm. or maybe we were Some talking about that after anyways that was all there yeah yeah shit yeah wow well I love that for you we'll see how it develops i mean either way it's a win right you know it's just it's already been it's happening it's upon you so that's that's the win in and of itself regardless of tomorrow right Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing i feel like i yeah i'm looking forward to that i feel like i'm very much so still in the space of like uh 110 switch at all times Mm -hmm. it's just a little bit of both of everything in like different ways but like it it really tickles me the thought of like being able to overlay like this is like where I'm like really femme right in this relationship this mm-hmm. is how it is it's how it looks like it's how we eat you know yeah yeah that's it's exciting. fun it's fun mm-hmm. oh my god because then it's also like I'm I'm celebrating and really like accepting like the like little girl part of myself that was always like so uncomfortable because I was always sort of negating the masculine energy that comes along with that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it's not it's not a binary it's like it all needs to be like accepted and loving towards each other yeah if it's going to be authentically what it yeah for sure Mm -hmm. wow congratulations thanks (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we also got into some marriage stuff in this conversation I feel like Lindsay and I like our opinions are always in flux when it comes to marriage like even like right now I'm like how do I feel about it (laughs) it's just if I don't know it's just you would think like I'm struggling right now with like the idea of how like lately I feel like I've seen a lot of examples where I feel like language Mm -hmm. is so powerful right Mm -hmm. and like when you meet someone where you feel like you understand each other's language like you can read between the lines you actually know what they mean when they say these words and what these words mean to them that's so incredibly rare and powerful because how often do you feel like you're having a conversation with somebody and like you walk away and like oh yeah i think we 
understand each other. But then like later it's like, oh, we were not on the same page at all. And I feel like marriage is one of those things because as you brought up, you know, asking people before they propose, like, what do you actually want from this? What does commitment actually mean to you? And like, where are you going with this? And is there another way to show this without like, you know, it being a whole gesture with the rest of your life tacked onto it. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, it just really is bewildering to think about how to negotiate a forever with someone when forever I feel now is intrinsically like unrealistic right and impossible in the grand scheme of like putting this like you forever feels stagnant Mm -hmm. but if I'm talking with someone who understands forever as always changing and how maybe won't we won't be in each other's lives in the same capacity Mm -hmm. obviously we're compatible and like how we're speaking to each other but often I don't feel like marriage really gets that leeway unless you're actually doing it so aggressively because it is a stagnant word I feel Mm -hmm. at least at least in the way of how we're conditioned about it the way we talk about it the way we're presented information on it it's very rare that I feel like I've seen uh people whether they're queer or not in relationships that are marriage relationships where I feel like there is that level of like flux Mm -hmm. that we've afforded ourselves to explore in our identity I agree. Mm. I agree completely. That's my biggest thing with it is like, I mean, oh God, this just goes back to all the stuff we were talking about with Christine and all about love of this idea of longevity in the sense of belonging. And that's something Mm -hmm. that my ex Nat and I have been working on a lot in the sense of like, we're transitioning our relationship to a platonic relationship. And we've gotten to a point where we're probably going to be in each other's lives forever. And like, because we actually like love each other, we Mm -hmm. aren't forcing any kind of like romantic relationship where I feel like marriage would do that. Like if we did get married, that, that might've like, we might get, we might've ended up at a point where we really wouldn't have longevity because it, that's why I broke up. Right. Exactly. So, (sighs) I, I would love if we could queer the idea of marriage to be this idea of, you know, marriage in the sense of like, uh, we ha- we ha- we're creating an anniversary for ourselves that we check in yeah. every year, or we are, you know, we're married in the sense that we're always going to figure out what dynamic our relationship needs so that we're going to be in each other's lives or that sort of thing versus, you know, what it is now, which is like, we're going to make this thing work no matter what. And it's like, you and I have both talked. I'm not interested in being in any sort of relationship where we're making anything work, like in terms of a, a partner. No. Right. If it's a partner where we're making it work in the sense of like, we're taking space away from each other so that we can hopefully be in like a platonic space or we can re rework or renegotiate like what our relationship works like to better honor each other. Okay. Yeah. That's work. But in terms of forcing something that's not there, like, or that isn't making sense, no, I don't want that. Right. Yeah, the whole like we put up with each other like what? <laughs> you what? No, I don't want that. I put up with going to work. <laughs> I got to pay some bills, but I ain't trying to put up with a whole other person in my bed. Mhm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, I mean, like I said, I really appreciated our conversation with Lauren in the sense of like, I feel like she's in a space where she is able to appreciate marriage as in the sense of like, yes, gay people can get married in this country and that's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. But, and also like marriage is really kind of can can be like kind of really like toxic in a lot of ways and it's like historically just super fucked and like we have a lot of work to do in terms of our understanding and the way that we're utilizing marriage there's got to be so many more conversations about it because even like it it is traditionally it's an it's an exchange Mm -hmm. it's a transaction like there isn't supposed to be a conversation it's just point a to point b but like now it, it really really just ought to be like loads and loads and loads of conversations about like what the fuck does this gonna look like to us because I ain't gonna wake up tomorrow and like because it's honestly you would think the relationship yeah nothing really changes outside of like you spend a lot of money to have a party but to say some vows in front of some people like holy fuck and damn I've seen some shitty vows (laughs) you know it's like y'all y'all doomed y'all doomed bro that was some shitty vow stop (laughs) just be watching tv and shit like oh my god you said that to someone but yeah i think there's ways to do it that makes sense to the reality of like honoring a true relationship that is two people that are always evolving always changing and there's love there right and that love is only ever encouraging that growth exactly but you gotta be talking to get to that point Mm mm-hmm god damn it and you can kind of tell too like at a at a wedding for example like oh like i don't know yeah if they smush the cake in the other person's face doomed (laughs) that's disrespectful (laughs) they look so good and you put that cake in their face like that rude Mm, rude yeah uh oh no what like the ones where there's no bar doomed doomed yeah, that happens. People throw whole weddings. I've never been to one of those. And they're dry. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> people love you and they wouldn't do that to you. They wouldn't invite you to that bullshit. Yeah. I haven't even been invited either, which is good. <laughs> but I've heard about these things and I thought it was just folklore, but they right. exist. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's, it's only been really in the past, I don't know year or so that I've even considered a relationship with marriage (laughs) like the idea of marriage because just because I have so much trauma related to like my Christian upbringing and expectations and you know so yeah I was always and my parents are divorced so I always was just like fuck marriage marriage fucking sucks yeah I think yeah I'm so afraid of divorce like the idea of losing things that you really love things right things and the idea of splitting up things just it just sounds like the worst conversation to ever have with somebody Mm -hmm. like incredibly boring it can turn hostile and just brings out the worst in people because it's like things but also like now you feel type of way you're just in you're in feeling a type of way divorce should happen like you know seven months after the fact Cause you should be able to just like be divorced right now, but then we'll figure this out seven months from now. Give me some time because right. that's a very like hostile, like environment to be negotiating things that you really give a shit about 
while mm-hmm. also trying to pry your identity away from this other person. Oh, I'm definitely afraid of divorce. Marriage sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds really cool. But divorce sounds like a bitch. <laughs> no, thank you. If they made it any bit easier, and maybe I will start advocating for that. Easier divorces, please. Because uh-huh. if that were the case, I get married to everybody. Right. I'm trying to get married to you right now. Let's go. <laughs> give the people what they want (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 you know (laughs) so yeah lauren is a delight and a treat a feminist a feminist and a femme icon truly i don't know if she identifies as a feminist but i was just trying to say you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if words in her mouth but yeah you know whatever it's uh yeah it's it's a really great dynamic uh look inside of the psyche of Someone who's growing, being and doing an mm-hmm. awesome person. Hell yeah. Let's get into it. All right, everyone. We've got a pretty stellar guest with us here today in this bright, beautiful Tuesday morning. All right. We're trying to celebrate some femme icons out here. So we brought in Lauren Trotman. Lauren, go ahead and say hey to the people. Hi, everybody. So if you want to let them know about your pronouns and kind of like where you're at right now, however you want to take that too. Like, um, okay, my tool. pronouns are she, her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am in the winter of my life. Mm. I am also in the penthouse of my very expensive high-rise apartment building in Washington, D.C. Classy. <laughs> yes, Lauren always is like on Instagram, like hanging by the pool or like <laughs> I'm rosé. I'm like, what the fuck is your life? Oh my god. Can I come? Yes, please, please. Everyone is invited. I would expose the sign, but I feel like people will know what it is by the end of it. Just on the luxury. People are told. Yeah, it's very obvious. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, in celebrating femme and like all things that are femme, can you talk like talk to us about uh your experience in being queer and femme all at once. How's that kind of panned out for you? How did it all begin? Was it from childhood? Um, I knew that I was queer when I was probably 12 years old. Um, I fell in love with my best friend who wanted me to pretend to be her girlfriend. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> and she was actually like very, very, very straight, and then like wanted nothing to do with me. But um, like, I think everybody else knew before I knew. I think the posters of Evanescence in my locker <laughs> were an indicator that um, you know I loved Evanescence, but I also loved Amy Lee, and I like was like, do I want to be you, or do I want to like be with you? Um, so the formative years were fun. I think that, um, you know, being queer and being super feminine, um, I don't get taken seriously a whole lot. Um, and there's, you know, such a stigma around like bisexuality, even in the gay community. Um, so it's been a journey to kind of like come into my own and figure out how to be comfortable with not necessarily looking or appearing like what people expect me to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a journey, you know, I'm 26 now and I'm still like very much figuring myself out. 
forever. Mm -hmm. Always. Forever. I love this. I love this thing you said about, um, do I want to be you or do I want you? I feel like that's a really big like theme in a Mm. lot of queer folks, Mm -hmm. young journeys that I have picked up on is that a lot of people have this experience of like, I'm, I just, I'm really drawn to this person and I'm not sure if it's because I just identify with them and want to be like them or if I'm really attracted to them or both or what's going on so yeah I I mean I've had that experience for sure definitely and I mean like being feminine and being attracted to other feminine women it was very confusing so I remember growing up and being like oh like this girl is so pretty uh, or, you know, this girl's so cool. And just like, my mo- I remember distinctly my mom being like, well, Lauren, like, you're beautiful too. And like, you're really cool too. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't think I'm like comparing myself to this person. I think I'm like attracted to this person, mm. mm-hmm. which was like very confusing and very... Um, very weird especially when you're young and you're in your early teens and you're right. going like all of those changes and trying to figure out who you are I feel like um, that's still a level of self-love coming out to even accept because usually you're like right the other side of it is homophobia <clears throat> I like I see this person I don't like them because there's something inside of me that like is definitely popping out but I'm really trying to stifle this thing back down right so it's cool that when you actually can have that innate I guess self-love of just accepting this other version of like you essentially mirroring back to you and being like letting yourself become attracted to it yeah definitely Mm -hmm. definitely have you had any like specific like other role models growing up through it um my mom is the ultimate like role model for my femininity when I was growing up especially like she was so chic in the in her early 2000s like black nail polish and her Mm. like super short hair and I have this image of her like sitting under a hairdryer painting her nails looking like she should be like on the cover of Vogue or something my mom was a model growing up um so she kind of like definitely shaped me a lot um you know I remember being young and just like wanted to have my hair done and wanted to have my nails done and like wanted to wear like cute frilly dresses and my mom definitely like totally played into that like super hard because she mm-hmm. was like I have this tiny version of me that wants to like emulate me um and I grew up with six sisters too so my house was just full of women just like I don't know just like girls stuff everywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are no boys in the house so Mm -hmm. that's a vibe yeah my older sisters were definitely role models for me too um you know you go through all of the like teenage stuff like is that my shirt (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) I want to be like you um (laughs) Um, but yeah, my older sisters were both, um, we're all really, really close and, you know, sharing like makeup tips and like flipping through 17 magazine together and doing all of the like stereotypical girly stuff really helped me kind of find 
where I wanted to be and like kind of find my identity and how I wanted to present myself because there were so many of us, you know. That sounds so fun though. Just having like a big slumber party, like every single night in your house, it sounds like. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. We, you know, like you grow up with that many siblings. I feel like sometimes it's easy for like little rivalries to start or like, Mm. you know, resentment about like being so close, but my sisters and I have always been super, super close. Um, even now, like my youngest sister just turned 15 and I'm like, I totally remember what it was like to be 15. (laughs) Whole different world. world. So crazy. So crazy. So like, I try to cultivate, you know, a strong sense of identity so that my younger sisters can see it and, um, you know, emulate it if they want or like go a completely different way. But I think having like a safe, like a safety net, um, especially when you're coming into your own at that age is super important. Yeah, absolutely. How lucky they are to have you as an older sib. That's yeah, amazing. tell them that. look at out for you punks let's go honestly can you talk about what femininity looks like for you you kind of mentioned like borrowing your older sister's shirts and things like that um can you talk about what it looks like for you now as an adult too femininity for me shows up in pretty much every aspect of my life um you know I am very assured in my identity now, even though I'm still kind of figuring some things out about myself. Um, I'm for the first time, like really, really comfortable in my body and really, really comfortable in myself. And, um, you know, I have a job in the service industry that kind of plays up the stereotypes of femininity. So I'm always on some level, like turned on, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, but I love it. I genuinely love it. Like I woke up so early to do this this morning and I was like, I should do my makeup. And my mind was like, it's 9am. You do not need to do that. (laughs) But I was like, no, I want to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel, um, like I said, it took, it took a little bit for me to kind of come into myself and, and learn how to, um, learn how to just be comfortable with myself. And I think a lot of the time, the message is you don't need makeup. You don't need to be switched on. You don't need to dress up to, to, you know, be beautiful or to be yourself. But for some of us, like, those are the things that make me feel beautiful and like make me feel good. So I think just like relishing in those little tiny rituals. And I think self-care is a term that's like really thrown around quite a bit nowadays, but, um, you know, utilizing those rituals of like getting ready in the morning, um, and meditating and flirting. I'm a huge flirt. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're aware. Oh, what? I know, it's very difficult to believe, <laughs> but <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's true. You caught me. <laughs> Would you say that you're like more on the soft femme or like the hard femme like scale? 
Mm. I think I, I think I'm, I'm bouncing between. I'm somewhere okay. on that spectrum. Depends right. on the day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, wouldn't even know what the difference is, honestly. I feel like anytime I see femme, like, this kind of goes into my next question about how, like, from a young age, femininity is such a, like, you have to be so, like, prepared to, like, be able to safeguard that, especially for, like, younger children and, like, just the world, I feel like, in general is always, always, always trying to, like, misuse, abuse, and, like, mishandle, like, what is one of, like, the most beautiful things that, like, in existence. So I guess, like, I'm wondering, like, how you go about, like, protecting, like, or how have you, like, also in the history of, like, you cultivating this identity, like, protected, like, your femininity? I think that um, having an idea of what femininity means to you is super important. Um, And I also have been lucky enough to cultivate a space and a group of friends that are so diverse in their gender expression, in their careers, in their, you know, in just in their life in general. Um, Just, I have this great group of women that are successful and beautiful and that don't fit into any one kind of stereotype. So like having a diverse um, like catalog of femininity and what that looks like and um, just like being able to appreciate that and admire that and be surrounded by it helps to remind me like who I am and that I don't have to necessarily conform to any kind of standard to be this like beautiful feminine butterfly. Because I see my friends and I think it's a lot easier to admire a trait in another person, especially when you are like striving for that yourself. So I see my friends and I am like so in awe of them and so like proud of them. And I'm like, I can do that. Like I can totally do that. And I have friends who like who reach their hand back and and lift me up in those moments where I'm not feeling sure um, or I'm struggling with with identity or I'm struggling with like the burnout of always being always being on for other people or even for myself. Um, So I'm I'm very, very lucky to have that as a resource in my life. Absolutely. community always coming back yeah that's I love to hear that for you um I'm curious about like in dating I feel like everyone's I've seen all these tiktoks right that are like (laughs) femme people how do I know if you're gay like you know like they're like oh there's a queer we know that <laughs> it's in the eye contact I, I, I'm telling you it's is just that, that what it is because I, I still so. haven't figured it out it's the eye contact if someone looks at me like gives me eye contact for like long like I notice it for longer than two <laughs> seconds I'm like they're gay <laughs> they're gay simple straight people will go out of their way to like avoid eye con- like eye contact with me when they get okay maybe maybe that's true yeah. what do you think okay. it is okay um you know it's hard it's super hard because um I definitely struggled with this especially when I was younger and even now in some ways I'm like 
how do I make myself more gay? Mm. Like, <laughs> what do I need to do? I keep my nails really short. I have a nose <laughs> ring. Do I need to shave like a cut in my eyebrow or something? Like, what do I have to do? What do I have to wear when I go out? Like, how do I project this image to people? Um, that screams like, hello, I'm here, I'm queer, please, please approach me and ask me for my number. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard, it's hard. And dating in DC especially is super hard mm-hmm. because lesbians and queer women, I feel like don't leave their homes. We have one lesbian bar, lesbian bar, um, that you know everyone hangs out at but it's just like the dating scene here is pretty abysmal. I'm not like an app dating person. I think it's super weird. I don't know how to do it, but that's the easiest way to like find other women and be like, hey, I'm gay. You know, sometimes I like, I'm like, do I have to wear like a rainbow wristband? Do I, do I have to like, like, what do I have to swag myself out in pride gear when I go out? Right. What do I have to do? Um, so, you know, the visibility issue is ongoing. I'm still figuring it out. Um, I guess I can start making eye contact with people. I would maybe, implore you to. Maybe that will work. Yeah, that with the combo of flirt, like flirting, you're good to go. <laughs> okay, I'll try it. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think Hobbs and I have talked about how we are just, it's, it sounds like all three of us are just kind of, inherently flirting all the time um Mm -hmm. a little bit and like everything is more fun I think if you're just flirting while you do it and so for me I in the past whenever I've been like hitting on someone that's femme I can always tell because I'm like flirting inherently all the time and then if they're flirting back I'm like oh word 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 yeah 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 but not everyone <laughs> is like that not everyone's just flirting all the time like a fucking horn dog all right <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that extreme this is fun it is fun it is fun it's playful yeah. it's fun yeah I definitely definitely am very flirty but I also like run into this roadblock when it comes to women where I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like flirting with men is so much easier. (laughs) 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 Or like talking to men in general is so much easier. Mm. And like, I see like a beautiful woman at the bar and I like immediately just freeze up and I'm like, oh. Yeah. I've seen the TikToks about this too. TikTok yeah. is ruining my life because it is so relatable and I'm starting to get concerned about like how universal my experiences are. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like women in general, and I use that as a broad term, everybody, women are like excited to talk to other women. So like, you don't really have to have a whole script. You can just walk up there and be like, yeah, you look good. Or I don't I know, know. You know yeah. go on the looks first, but something. How supposed to be in the times? industry, Lauren. What the hell? You're in the I'm industry. Not, I know. I'm supposed to be good at talking to people, but <laughs> I'm not. How many times I've been like in the in the bar in the bathroom, and this drunk girl's like, "Oh my god, you're so beautiful," and I'm like, "Oh my god, thank oh. you." 
you're so beautiful. Now what? <laughs> Let's kiss. Are we Let's about kiss. To kiss right now? <laughs> yeah, should we be kissing right now? Oh, done. Right. All right. I'll try that. I'll yeah, just start it. making severe eye contact with people and then trying to make out with them without balance. <laughs> balance it out. If it works for you, you know, I'll try it. I, I think so. It's mostly at work, though. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, how does, like, your feminist affect your past and current, like, in the relationship, like, past the dating stage? Do you feel like, oh, yeah, that's a great question. Do you feel like the stereotypical gender roles were, like, implemented more so than usual, like, in queer relationships? I think, yes. I think there are a lot of factors to that, too, though. Like, I have always dated people who are older than me. So like my ex, my most recent ex was eight years older than me. Um, So those gender roles come into play, but those like age roles also come into play, like being very young and being perceived as like inexperienced or, um, you know, like not knowing a whole lot kind of puts you into this box. And that in combination with like being traditionally feminine and like really embracing that femininity and like really enjoying the role that I was in. Um, We definitely, definitely fell into like the stereotype of like the more masculine one, the more dominant one, Mm. the one who like takes charge and then like the more feminine one who's like a little bit quieter and, you know, kind of, kind of goes with whatever the other one says. which is not necessarily an unhealthy dynamic, you know, like if that's your thing and you like, you know, being in that kind of role then more power to you. Um, But I am realizing, especially now in my life that like, that's not necessarily the role that I want to take on in every relationship. And it's kind of hard because I feel like that's, you know, it shouldn't matter what other people think of your relationship, but that's what, a lot of people expect people expect that when they are in relationship with you that it would be that dynamic automatically yeah mm. yeah i think so and so it's kind of just like re-educating and like relearning you know you have to teach people how to treat you yeah so um just kind of figuring that out for myself and being like, I have this pat this pattern in my relationships of like taking on a more submissive role, even if that's not necessarily what I feel or like what I want. And how do I get out of that without sacrificing any part of my my identity that I love and that I cherish? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a balance of, of learning that. Do you feel like you would want to just go on the other side of the spectrum of that and like enter into like the other role of them, I guess the opposite end of submissive, or do you feel like there's like a more like happier medium in there for you? I think there's a happy medium, you know, I think especially in long-term relationships, like the roles that you take on change and shift over time, you know, depending on what's going on. Um, and that, so I don't want to ever put myself into this, um, into this box or like over, over correct 
and be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be in charge of this and you're going to listen to me, you know, <laughs> like, it doesn't even, it doesn't even sound natural to me. Um, I think, I think everyone has their strengths and like their weaknesses and I have my strengths in, in a lot of aspects. So when I'm in a relationship with somebody, um, you know, I think that the healthiest way to love someone is to play up their strengths and to, to bring up their weaknesses. So I don't want to, I don't want to put myself into any kind of box um, as far as relationship roles go, but it definitely has been a journey on figuring out how I want to be treated and how I want other people to treat me and, you know, setting expectations and, and just being really, really honest about what, you know, what I want. Yeah. Hell yeah. And like, there's so much, there's so many portrayals of femme people taking on that role, like in the media, Mm -hmm. in the world, that's sort of what society, you know, has taught, I think, femme folks to do is take on that more submissive role. And so I could see how that would be an even like bigger challenge in terms of just like unlearning. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of, of stereotypes about femme people uh, and mas- more masculine people and like what you should be like, what emotional role you should take on in the relationship too. you know, like the role of the nurturer or like, right. yeah, just there's a lot of stereotypes in, in the media and in TV shows and, and all kinds of things that you are like absorbing without even realizing that mm-hmm. you're seeing this kind of everywhere. The dichotomy lives on. Cause even like today I was reading something, I guess like a meme or whatever about tops and bottoms and how tops can like do submissive things and bottoms can do like top things or whatever. And it's like, we're always kind of like pitting each other like in this or I guess just offering boxes of like, where do you fit in terms of like how I can control the situation or you want to control the situation? Like, and is there like a uh, compatibility in that? But it's like, how does that actually like serve us when we keep using the words that I feel like are signaling something about our identity versus like our just inherent behavior? Like right. what you want and how that manifests doesn't really have anything to do with whether or not you like have long nails or not. <laughs> it could just be like, <laughs> If you want to pick me up, like take me to the date, like you just like driving. <laughs> yeah, know? it can really right. just be that simple. <laughs> but for some reason, we're just kind of stuck in like again the dichotomy of it, mm-hmm. and then it becomes like an identity crisis. You know, when we like see patterns alongside it, versus like no, like I can just like assess it from a place of my behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do you seek? feminine energy in your romantic relationships or in your platonic it sounds like you do in your platonic relationships for sure based off of what you said about your support group yeah I definitely seek out femininity in my platonic relationships um so no usually I I don't um I guess you could call it like this, the stereotype that we were just talking about. I do look for people who are um, emotionally available. I look for people who are nurturing. Um, I look for people who are a little bit softer and, and sweet 
And as much as like, I hate to admit it, those um, characteristics have kind of been associated with, with femininity or like been tied to femininity, even though they're not necessarily inherently feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started kind of seeing a new person um, who is totally opposite from what I would usually go for. She is super, super feminine. She's also younger than me. And it's the first time that I've ever like really spent a lot of time in that space. And I'm not gonna lie, it's very different. (laughs) How's it going? It's going good. It's going really good. She's really sweet. Um, You know, it's like I said, it's just different. It's different to be the older one. Um, it's different to be with somebody who's equally as feminine as I am. Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just different. I've never done it before. Whole different car you're driving. <laughs> That's fun. Because then it kind of like adds more intentional intentional intentionality into the dynamic of like what do I actually want from you and from yourself? right yeah exactly exactly no it's definitely been I think all of my relationships are learning experiences um I'm trying to take that very seriously in my mm-hmm. connections with people um so I'm learning a lot about myself and I'm learning about this other person um who is like super magnificent and and great and um just trying to have fun with it don't look at me like that (laughs) it's happy for you it sounds great it sounds really great it's also it's it's easy it's easy and hard being Mm. being non-monogamous because I have a lot of um I have a lot of flexibility and I have a lot of, of different channels and different outlets and can flex different muscles and different roles with different people um so it's you know it's an experience yeah mm-hmm. I mean that's that's one of the most liberating parts of being not non-monogamous I think right is like I can like this person really elevates this part of myself or the the way I feel about myself in this way and this person elevates it elevates me in a completely different way and ultimately like I have a relationship with myself too that elevates like I can elevate myself in a different way and it's just really I feel like that is where like the freedom comes in mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's an it's it's super liberating and just really amazing to be able to build connections with other people and you know not have to worry about fitting into any kind of, um, you know, any kind of stereotype or any kind of like very strict guideline on Mm -hmm. what relationships look like platonic or romantic or sexual or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's very freeing to accept and understand that like making connections with other people is super, super beautiful. And, I just want to take as much time and as many opportunities to do that as I can. Mm -hmm. 
with all seven billion fish around fuck yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my dating pool oh yeah my dating pool is yeah see i'm not limited no uh yeah <laughs> yeah i guess yeah we didn't even go over what you identified as in terms of like sexuality and identity but yeah i i came out as bisexual in 2019 at pride um and that was you know that was interesting because at the time I was married to a woman and a lot of people kind of like didn't really understand the significance of it, the significance of coming out, you know, like, oh, well, you're married, like you've already chosen your person, like you already have your partner who is like of this one gender, why do you need to, um, you know, why do you need to express that you're attracted to, to another gender? And I was like, well, because I, because I can, <laughs> because it's true, because it's a part of me, because I said so, like, what do you mean? Um, but I got a lot of that, you know, um, I got a lot of that. I got a lot of, um, a lot of confusion, a lot of, I don't know, just, there's a, there's a lot of, of pushback um, when it comes to being identifying as bisexual, especially within the gay community, I feel like, from like, from all sides. Right. Especially at Pride. Right. Especially at Pride, when the crazy people are out. Yeah, they just be policing shit. I mean, this is literally none of your business. <laughs> they're hardcore gays. They're not, they're not these little wishy-washy stuff. They are certified gays. They certified gays. <laughs> Little they're there, like, this is my 32nd pride. I'm like, okay. All right, bitch. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's a weird flex. All right. <laughs> gay, flex but I mean, okay, I, I guess, you know, yeah. okay, you've been to more prides than me. You're so proud. Right. Maybe we'll get it when we've been to like 30 some odd prides. Then we'll get it. I hope that we're, I hope that the three of us are not like sitting in a corner drinking stoli blueberry and lemonades decked out in pride gear just like silently judging everyone <laughs> no if i'm not topless at pride by my 30 second pride i'm doing it wrong you are you are oh i'm topless gosh. every year That's you gotta do time. it you gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> how are they coming at you for your car then <laughs> like clearly okay wild yeah people were just like oh well lauren's married so we put lauren in a box and mm. that's it and you're like no fuck off that's not it yeah like wait a second this is this is not what i agreed to and i got married you know i didn't get married so everybody can you know assume that i am monogamous or assume that i'm mm. a lesbian just because i'm married to a woman or make you know any kind of assumptions but i think it's very natural for people to try to make sense of even if it's none of their business even if it's a relationship so far removed from them um right. to kind of just so make sense that. of it in a way that makes sense to them so mm-hmm. you know it's what other people think of me is none of my business right but marriage is definitely one of those signals right no matter how alternative the event is for the two people that are doing it right 
because of all of what the historical implications of marriage are, like, I feel like when you hear marriage, like we are automatically like, it's like almost natural because we're just conditioned that deeply to hear that and be like, oh, like I understand you in this, this, this way. Cause this right. is how it's been presented to me. This is what it is. Even if like your wedding was like, not at all, like a traditional, like, you know, flavor for that. So I guess where are you at with like your ideas about marriage now? And like, how was that for you in the experience? And like, while also reckoning with like your queer identity? You know, I loved being married. I think that if two people want to get married and make that commitment, um, it's really important to understand what that means. Um, and it's really important to cherish it and to, you know, <clears throat> take it seriously because it's, for some people, it's just the next step on a list of, of life goals that they want to accomplish. Um, but it really is like a, a very special, very intimate, very important partnership. Um, and, you know, I was ready for that. I loved it. I loved being married. My ex was not ready for that level of um, honesty and fidelity and, mm. and care and consideration. And um, so it didn't work out. But I find myself, you know, thinking about it and I, I don't know if that's because I've been so conditioned to think that it's this goal um, and, you know, it's something to be accomplished and it's, it's a social thing. Um, but I probably won't ever get married again. Mm. It's um, like I said, it's a very special partnership and I think that it's amazing. And I love that in this country, you know, gay people and queer people are allowed to marry whoever the fuck they want. I think that's awesome. Um, but I'm like, I kind of did it and it didn't work out and I don't really want to do it again. Mm -hmm. do it again in the way of you did that or do it again ever in the sense of like how it could look in an alternative way I think I know now after this experience what I want for my relationships and what I really want my partnerships to look like and that deep level of love and consideration and commitment can be achieved without having to go the legal route and it's so easy to get married and it is so hard to get unmarried <laughs> which I did not realize it's not like you can go online and fill out a document on DocuSign and then it's over like it's a fucking process that I'm right in the middle of and you know maybe I'll change my mind when I've when I've had some distance from this because it's still very fresh. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe down the road, I will decide that I want to get married, but honestly, it's, it's more important to me to cultivate a relationship that is healthy and that um, is honest and a relationship that works, that's going to last 
for, you know, for a really, really long time. It's more important to me to put the work in to do that than it is to try to just achieve a milestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had conversations. Normally it's with this straight men that are like, I'm going to propose. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean to you? Um, have y'all like sat down and had a, had a conversation about like what commitment looks like and about, you know, like, like for me, it's like, if I want to do a gesture, I feel like it's always a big gesture. I want to do a gesture to show yeah. the person that I am committed to them. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. Word. Do you think that's what that looks like for them as well like your partner as well or are you just assuming all these things because of this like societal brainwashing that has happened and then y'all have never talked about it and then and then what you know yeah yeah it's definitely a a gesture but you know once that gesture is over because it lasts for all of like 30 minutes to propose if you're really going all out. Um, Once you, you know, once the wedding planning period and the wedding itself is over, you know, you have the rest of your life to show your partner that you care about them and that you're committed to them in a million different, small, tiny gestures. So like, if you're not willing and ready to do that, because I mean, after, you know, getting married is like one of the biggest gestures you can possibly do. Um, If you're not creative enough or in tune with your partner enough to think of, of ways to make them feel loved and appreciated without having to do this like whole big thing, then you're probably not ready to be married. Boom. Mm -hmm. Those are all those marriages though, where it's like, they just coasted in the second year for the rest of the life. (laughs) I'm married to you like I already like like that was one time though bitch we're changing all the time I'm a brand new person it's been seven months (laughs) where you at (laughs) yeah I married you isn't that enough like hello no that is definitely not enough like what about the rest of our lives (laughs) what about the rest of it (laughs) every rom-com ever made what are you gonna do like Seal and Heidi Klum got married they renewed their vows like every year See, that was like one one of my first queer experience, like queer marriage experiences. Like that was like in the vows of the wedding. It was like every year we're gonna come together and figure out like, is this still something that we want to be a part of? And I was like, whoa, you can just say that shit, (laughs) do that shit. You can like renew contracts every year, shit, with like a mediator, and so you know, like you're actually on the same page and not doing like some kind of like pseudo check-in versus like a real ass check-in mm-hmm. like is this working for me because you should be evaluating that shit every year when people are like 50 years of marriage i'm like god damn when's <laughs> the last time you asked your boo how are you right right do you still want to be married to me mm-hmm. That's without it coming from a place of like super like insecurity just like i think that's so important i think that's so special to like care about your partner enough to be like I care about you and your feelings and I want to check in and make sure this is still something that we want to do yeah I wonder about like the friendship elements right like how often do we do this like with our friends right and like some people when they get married it ends up being about the friendship 
versus or just the companionship versus like the romance of it right I think there's ups and flows to romance I don't think romance is like a thing you can really sustain like 110% all the time I think that's just unrealistic even if it's like romance can live in the friendship but I wonder about yeah the check-ins like why I feel like they're kind of only really reserved for romantic things yeah no, definitely. I think a lot more of that in platonic relationships would be great. I mean, there's a level of intimacy in a friendship, in a good friendship, um, that requires like watering and care. And I feel like people just don't really prioritize that kind of communication or they're like oh this is too intimate this is too much this is too weird for just a friendship but like friendships are important as hell and like my friends and I talk all the time we don't always agree and like sometimes you know we feel neglected or we feel like disconnected from each other and the the easiest way to come back from that is to just communicate and check in and be like hey I love you. You're my, you're my friend and I miss you. And like, how do we, how do we reconnect? There's a lot of talk about reconnecting in like long-term romantic relationships, but there's not a lot of talking about reconnecting in friendships, especially at the age that we're at where people are growing and changing and changing their minds about how they want to spend their time and what they want, what they want their lives to look like. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's important. Absolutely. How do you think marriage shifted, or if it did, I don't know, shifted the dynamic of your your relationship? Um, kind of like, if it did, I don't know. It definitely did. Um, my relationship was kind of a mess from the beginning. It was very one, much one of those like passionate, romantic um, very intimate, very hard and fast kind of, kind of loves. Um, so when we got married, I think there was kind of an idea of, um, you know, we're, we're settling down. We are, um, we are gonna, be together and um kind of we kind of turned into this like old married couple like almost overnight like we moved to a smaller town we bought a house we stopped going out and in the beginning of our marriage we were monogamous um which we hadn't been the entire time that we were dating Hmm. so that was like a very weird shift. And then we tried to go back to having an open relationship, but it's really difficult to do that once you, once you like set boundaries and parameters and kind of, kind of close things off. Um, So I think, I think my ex had a very traditional view of marriage um, and of life, which always kind of surprised me because I was like, you're gay. You know, like there's not really a whole lot about you that's conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was overcorrecting in her own way. Um, you know, this is my identity, this is who I am, it's not conventional, it doesn't fit into the ideas of what my parents want or what society expected from me. So I have to do these things 
that are quote unquote normal. And I have to do them in this, Mm. in this way. Um, You know, getting married was important to me, but having a wedding was important to her just to show her family um, and her community that she had grown up in kind of like, yeah, I'm gay. And, you know, this is not really, this is not really like, again, quote unquote, normal, but like, I can still do these things that are normal, like having a wedding, like getting married, like buying a house. So there was a lot of pressure um, on her, I think, maybe a lot of it was self-imposed pressure because I don't really think anybody cared as much as she did. Um, but there was a lot of pressure to kind of do things the right way and to have our marriage look, look like a good marriage. And, um, there wasn't a whole lot of, of communication about expectations going into it about like, what do you picture this looking like? Or like, what is it that you are expecting to kind of get out of this? So it was hard because I grew up in a very welcoming, very open, very diverse and loving household. And I was never expected to fit into any kind of category or do anything, any, any certain kind of way. You know, my parents were just like, we want you to be happy and we want you to do that in whatever way feels good to you. Um, so I never really understood it, but looking back on it now, I can definitely see and understand like how hard that must have been to have familiar familial pressure and societal pressure to do things a certain way and to have relationships look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it sucks. Mm-hmm that heteronormativity for real heteronormativity, it's real and even for me it's like even if my parents aren't directly putting pressure on me it's still this weird thing where if I'm in some sort of relationship that you know feels familiar to them I can tell that they like are excited and identify with it and like that makes me want to make it work even more whenever that that's not really what's aligning for me you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think we just forget or are very unconscious about like how much we've absorbed from our parents and from our childhood and our upbringing and our society it's almost like I don't know. It's almost like you don't even realize it until you have had the opportunity to kind of step away from it and look back on it. And then you're like, what the fuck did I do that for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like with our therapy episode, when uh, Chloe was saying how like we often will like replicate relationships as a do-over, you know, whether that's doing over what we didn't get from our parents or like whatever, however you want to take that. But I think we all have like that, especially like in your twenties, I feel like until that frontal lobe really comes in, like you're just even that much more susceptible to like not really being able to see like the full choice of like what you're doing and who you're with and like what's really going on. Like as much as you can argue, like someone can be so mature at the age of like 19, 20, whatever the fuck, it still is like a definite thing inside your brain. I do believe where like you get that superpower of like, hmm, 
I can kind of see the full choice now versus yeah. like I can see 80%, 90%, but like the full choice now is clear to me. Yeah, definitely. Come through, frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> is such a Ready. blessing <laughs> in the dating world for sure. Because <laughs> then if you want to do something wild, you can at least still own it and just be like, well, I know this is like crooked. Yes. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an it's an active decision at that point it's not just something you're doing because of whatever Mm -hmm. you know either whether it's scarcity mindset or an attachment style or whatever the fuck it's like I know I'm being reckless right now Mm -hmm. and I'm going to actively make this decision (laughs) take responsibility it's hot (laughs) taking responsibility is hot Mm -hmm. taking responsibility for your actions is hot no it is it totally is how it is Mm -hmm people wilding out out here mm-hmm. well shit that's all i got <laughs> uh, well if you want to go ahead and let the people know our final question for all our guests is what is your astrological sign and how do you identify with it although it's clear it's so clear to anyone who knows me um i am a taurus i identify with it in every possible way, positive traits, negative traits, all of it. I am. So I'm actually, I'm actually a cusp. So my birthday is May 20th. So I was almost a Gemini and thank God I was not. Wait, dog, what's your moon? (laughs) Um, my moon is in Aquarius. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Please. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So if you want your life ruined, you can come and find me. <laughs> Up in DC, y'all Lord is ready. Up in DC in my little penthouse, you can come visit me. I will put you through the ringer and wow. you're gonna have a great time. You're going to have so much fun until you're not having fun anymore. Um, No, I, I definitely identify with being a Taurus, all of the stereotypical Taurus things. I'm super grounded and down to earth and I like nice things and I'm loyal and stubborn and lazy and all of the things, you know, my idea of a perfect day is doing a fun podcast with my friends and then going to lay by the pool and yeah. <laughs> like have somebody feed me grapes. Like that's yeah. ideal. That's ideal for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love astrology and anybody who doesn't love astrology cannot be trusted. Facts. Hell yeah. Facts. Like, oh, I you don't want to be told about yourself. You don't, right. you don't want to. Okay. How are you going to look up at the sky and be like, I know better? Right. right. <laughs> That's rude. So rude. So disrespectful, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's great. It's great when you believe in astrology because if someone is like, hey, you're being this right now, you can be like, well, my moon is in Aquarius. <laughs> And you knew that when you read my birth chart. So when you why read- are you surprised? <laughs> On our first date, I showed you my entire <laughs> oh, 
so gay. And we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this over $18 cocktails, and you mm-hmm. probably don't remember, but that just mm-hmm. means that you weren't paying attention, so it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. So exactly. my fault. Yeah, they're just exposing their own sign <laughs> in doing this. <laughs> Fucking Leos. Boom. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, it was, it's been so good to see you again. And on it's just a great conversation. Thanks for opening up about, I know like marriage is a fresh thing for you, but like, this was really enlightening and to no. also celebrate femme stuff was great. It was great. It was great. I love you guys so much. So good to see you. Um, Where can people please, follow you? You can follow me on Instagram um, for pictures of my face and pictures of my cute Doberman puppy at low.beasley um the only fans link is in that in that bio too so if you're looking for something a little more spicy you know i got you oh yeah i'm about to subscribe right now oh my god <laughs> one of each <laughs> <laughs>